Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads. Welcome to our monthly discussion. My name is Simone from the Breeze Afternoons in Vancouver and Edmonton. I'm Deb from the Morning Breeze. And I'm Anne from the Breeze in New Glasgow. So this month's book, The Bright Side, 12 Months Three Heartbreaks and One Maybe Miracle is by Catherine Bradbury. It's described as hilarious and moving. It's a story of how a modern woman's life can change in a single year and how even when life whacks you in the head, you can find yourself rewarded with grace. Catherine's life imploded in the space of a few months, losing family members, losing her marriage, constantly losing keys and socks, and a new romance too. But with the loss came some good as well. Lots to discuss about Catherine's memoir and happy to have Catherine herself answer some questions as well. So ladies, what are your initial thoughts? I mean, there were so many emotions in this book. How did it make you feel? Simone, we'll start with you. Yeah, you know, I really enjoyed it. It took me a little bit to kind of get into it. Um, I didn't find it as relatable in the beginning, but when she started to kind of deeper dive into her relationship with her siblings and kind of her role when it came to her parents and her work, you know, just being in the media and what the industry has gone through. Definitely those are the pieces that stuck out to me the most. I really enjoyed her storytelling when it came to more of her family dynamics and even with her own kids and what that was like. I also enjoyed the part with Promising New Man, her relationship. And I wish there was a little bit more about that because I feel mm. like... I didn't get a lot of the, the questions answered about what completely, how it ended there. So I wish there was a little bit more on that. How about you, Anne? Well, I echo what Simone said. And I would also add to that, I felt relieved because when you look at someone like Catherine Bradbury, Senior News Director at CBC, and you think, now there's someone who has it all together. And then you hear her stories and they're so relatable. It just reminds me we're all more alike than we are different. So I got I got a kick out of some of her stories. Some of her stories, of course, were heartbreaking, heartwarming as well. I really did enjoy it. Once I got going, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, me too. I think she's like, so many of us or, or so many we know ourselves included and wow really life you know life can be so kind so unfair and it throws you into a place that maybe you're not comfortable with but then it provides you with some goodness again were there specific parts that you could relate to or really feel connected to any specifics and well, she works in media, so her stories were very yeah. relatable when she was talking about her career. And I love the advice that she was sharing as well. Certainly appreciate it. And I also really connected with her. This is sort of like a random thing, but she quit shopping. She quit buying things that she didn't need, like clothing and shoes and such. And I've done that during the pandemic. So I was like, hey, I'm not alone. <laughs> um, I got a kick out of the chapter on whether or not she should buy the new kids. I've been there and I've debated it over and over my head and then I felt bad and then I ended up you know not buying the thing that I was staring at for like a half an hour and anyway I just got a kick out of that moment when she was at the mall and uh, I could totally relate to it. How about you Simone? The part about the shopping definitely stuck with me as well. And um, I was I was actually thinking, I wonder if this spring she's going to buy herself a new pair <laughs> as we go into it. But the other thing with her that I can kind of relate to is she makes lists. Now, I don't normally make pros and cons lists, but I do like to make a good list as you, you know, go through your day and check things off. And her saying lists, they matter a lot in the moment and then they don't matter 
at all. That kind of stuck out with me because I get so overwhelmed sometimes with my to-do list. And then you just got to remember, like, this is a big deal today, but it's not going to be a big deal tomorrow. So just get what you can done. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think sometimes, you know, while she was stumbling through life and just kind of rolling with it, with her family life, her her own family, the, her marriage, trying to live for others and not realizing that you deserve the good things in life as well. And then suddenly, hey, wait, wait a minute, what happened to my life? Um, and also, I think, you know, there were a couple of you know, moments, disappointment, of course, with her, uh, her new romance and the heartbreak there. So I, um, I, I kind of felt connected there. But I also felt uh, pretty connected when she had her family moments, her siblings and her parents, and they were kind of forced to come together again through some really tough times and, and, you know, watching her aging parents and those changes that that came along with it. But, you know, the love that you kind of forget about or, or forget that it actually exists within a family network. Um, and then it returns and it's like, oh, well, this is what family means. Okay, I get that now. As we go through what Catherine went through, um, and you read the story, and we hope you enjoy it as much as we did, what do you think might be the biggest takeaway from from Catherine's story? Simone? For me, it was the the friendship with Meryl. And um, the interesting thing about it is I've had a friend that was my, you know, my first best friend in life. And we went through a lot together. And then we kind of had a disconnect. So when she kind of shared about her friendship and how they had this great friendship, and then there were a few incidents, and I can relate because me and my friend had a a similar incident. And then we kind of lost touch. And we'd kind of go back and forth on social media and message each other here and there. But You know, after reading this, I kind of wanted to reach out to that friend again. And the other day I went on to Instagram and I messaged her. And again, we haven't been friends since we were 16, 17. So it's going years back. And I just asked how she was. And she used to live in San Francisco and then she lived in Seattle. But now she's living back here in in Vancouver. And I thought this is a great opportunity for us to try to connect, especially when the pandemic is over. She messaged me back and we are going to have coffee when restrictions (laughs) lift. Because I think when you're younger and you have those certain friends, they kind of know you to the core because that's when you're at your most innocent, right? As you get older, you get more jaded and jilted and you kind of are, are sometimes touch and go with friendships. You don't open up sometimes if you've been burned in the past. But I just always thought she knew me best. So I just wanted to reach out how Catherine reached out to Meryl. That's fantastic. That's exciting, though, isn't it? I'm so excited about it. Yeah. So I'll keep you both posted on how it goes once we can finally get together. Oh, please do. So how about you, Anne? Well, that one's hard to follow, but <laughs> that's fantastic, Simone. Thank you for sharing that. Um, just reading through it and, and how much she over was overthinking things and worrying uh, could so relate to it. It's the story of my life. And as you two get to know me, you'll know I'm a bit of a worrier. And uh, when uh, we get to the moment, it's towards the end of the book when she's on the walking trip in Ireland. And she left the group and got lost climbing those hills. She had this great realization. She said she wasn't running away from the group, but instead she was running away from herself. And I picked out a passage in the book here. It says, I had to go back down to my friends and my life or a life, one with a lot less certainty. It was time to think less about what I was going toward. It was time even to think less about what I was moving away from. John mom, my childhood, 
with David and Meryl. Instead, it felt like I should ask myself, finally, what I was coming back to that was right in front of me. And I guess no matter what our hardships are, when we have to face them head on, we just got to do it. Sometimes I'm so concerned about what's going to happen and what could go wrong rather than just being in it, being in the moment. And it's okay to face it, even when things aren't going great. I'm still working on that one, but it was, it was <laughs> good to read somebody else going through the same sort of thing. I thought, oh, well, I'm not alone, at least. That's good to know. Yeah, I, I'm with you there, Anne. I think, you know, this is such a great read, you know, very timely with what everybody is going through right now. And we, we understand life is tough. You, you can get through it, though. When you read Catherine's story, you, you think, wow, okay. But what we have to do is actually go through it um, and find all those beautiful things again. And everyone goes through some heavy stuff in life, whether it's divorce, whether it's a loss of a family member or other relationships. But when it hits us, it, it feels so hard because while others may have already experienced that and those losses, it may be the very first time that we're going through it. But I think believing in the positive, having that positivity around you through friends and colleagues and other family members, I think we can find that strength. And I like what her she said was her mother's motto and her grandmother's motto as well. Never go back, always go forward. So I think that we can learn a lot. Um, you know, I guess everyday lessons, life lessons um, uh, from from what she's experienced. Exactly. You're here. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think that's the one thing that, you know, so many of us uh, all, all across this country, all around the world are experiencing that right now. And, and Catherine seems to have found the bright side, as her, her father always seemed to, and went through so much in a year, just as we're doing right now. I think that her read has a lot to offer. What do you think it might be able to offer others during these uncertain times? Anne? Well, that looking at the bright side is an act of choice. Catherine's dad had a tough life growing up, and he made the choice to live his life in the most positive way possible. I loved her dad. I fell in love with him. It must have been very hard for that family to lose him. And I think we tend to dwell on negative stuff. I know I do sometimes. This is turning into a little bit of a therapy session for me. Isn't it? <laughs> um, so reading Catherine's point of view as she discovered this about her dad was a way for me to take note of that about myself. And I would say this too, like at the end when she's having a conversation with her kids about what they're going to do for Christmas and she's obsessing over it and then she just finally has to let it go and just be happy in the moment. And th those little moments meaning so much. I think that she finally came to that realization. It felt like it anyway at, by the end of the, the book. How about you, Simone? Yeah, same for me. You know, I really, I loved her dad as well. And um, he mm. just, yeah, he lived life with such optimism. And I think that helped her kind of see things during this time. And I really liked that, you know, she wrote this book at 60. Because um, you have a lot of authors sometimes who write kind of mid-age and, for me, not quite 60, but getting older, it just makes me think about like how I could be 
a little bit stronger, a little bit, uh, you know, less fearful of things and just kind of develop some of that because she would just do things that she wanted to do, like, you know, go shopping, get on her bike and, you know, go on these trips at the drop of a hat. And she wasn't afraid to do that. And I think that comes with age. So, you know, as I get older, I tend to kind of start thinking, you know, a little bit more, I guess, selfishly, I don't know if that's bad, but kind of just learning to be you and be your person again. Because I think for many years, you get lost if you're married and being a partner, if you're a mother and being a mom, and you kind of lose yourself. So, you know, that's something after reading her story, I kind of look forward to is just kind of coming more into my own as I get older and not being so afraid of things. I love that. And and isn't that it? We all have the fear. The unknown is the really, really the hardest thing to accept. I mean, change, there's so much change. But um, there are ups and downs, right? And we see people coming together in our communities right now, reuniting. Uh, Simone, you you and your girlfriend are going to be reuniting and and you've reconnected. And a lot of us are doing that reconnecting right now, mostly through our our video chats, I suppose. Um, But I think it's, it's kind of a wonderful thing to be able to um, to go through this and, and get that reboot and maybe move away. Sometimes we get sucked into social media and, and there is a lot of negative stuff. There's a lot of positive stuff, but sometimes the negative outweighs the positive. So I think to take a break and read Catherine's book, I think it's a great way to kind of revitalize or rejuvenate and, and get ourselves back on track and, and recognize those things. And yeah, don't be afraid. Just go out and do it. Definitely. I love that. Definitely shutting off Facebook to read this book is well worth it. <laughs> Isn't yes. it? Yeah. It's a great yeah. idea. It's a great idea. Oh and my then gosh. just be connected, to being connected yeah. with those around you and not taking anyone for granted and those, mm-hmm. those little moments, as I mentioned, being being the big ones in your life. I saw somebody the other day post that they were so sick of just watching TV and they just kind of wanted to be done with Netflix and stuff. Someone asked, what could I be doing? And I messaged her and I said, you could be reading. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fantastic too and and I I've got a little spot in my apartment where I well I actually have two spots but I enjoy it and especially on the weekends um and now that the weather's much nicer I'm out on my balcony with my coffee and nobody else is up in the neighborhood it seems <laughs> so I'm I'm quite enjoying the reading. Yeah, me too. Although, can I just add, I think this book would make a great Netflix movie. <laughs> oh, my. Well, you when you were talking about like going back and forth, like, you know, different scenes and flashing back to a different time, that would yes. definitely work well, wouldn't it? It was playing like yeah. a movie in my head as yeah. I was reading it. Once I found it, once I it took me a little bit to get into it. But once it started going back and forth, it felt like I was reading a movie script. Like that's what it felt like I was watching it in my head. A little bit of eat, pray, love in there, you know? <gasps> oh, my yes. God. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. With her traveling. Sure. And yeah, I um, I really like her. I, I like, you know, her circle of friends and, and being able to get back there and do the things that she's done at, at different stages in her life. I think it's I think it's wonderful. So wonderful. It was such a good read. And now that we've discussed the book, it's a perfect time to invite Catherine into the discussion with us. Now, Catherine, we love the book and we've got some questions for you. Uh, let's start with you, Deb. You had one of the first questions. So this one, Catherine, is is really about advice. I guess for all of us right now, you went through so much in such a short time. And it seems very similar, that overwhelming feeling that so many of us are experiencing during these pandemic days. So 
What are some tips that uh, you can help to encourage us to use and navigate through such a, a very complicated time? Um, you know, I love giving advice, although I, I'm not as good at following it myself as I am at giving it. But um, I'd say a couple of things. One is uh, try not to catastrophize. This used to be my specialty. Uh, I, you know, I was making a blueberry pie once, and I took it out of the oven, and it slid in slow motion onto the floor and landed upside down. And I said, we're all going to die. And that tended to be where I lived on that edge of, you know, that's it. That's the end. We, 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 you know, we're never going to get through this. And I, I try not to do that anymore. And there, you know, there is a lot to catastrophize, a lot of real terrible things right now. So try not to catastrophize the small thing, I'd say. Um, another thing is um, that I try and, and stay present. And I don't mean kind of in the moment meditation, that's hard, but to just pay attention. If I'm out for a walk, I try and look around me, you know, just pay attention to to the environment, what I can see in front of me and think about it to try and stop the mind from worrying, worrying, worrying over frightening things. And and I think the last thing I'd say is, um, you know, just let your let the darkness in. It's inside anyway. So just just embrace it rather than try and keep it out. Embrace your fears. Embrace uh, the the dark things that are going on, and try to listen to what it has to tell you. That's all really good. I like the just you know that kind of absorbing things and being more present because I think sometimes we can get caught up in thinking about the past and then we worry again about the future. But just trying to be in the now is something I know I'm trying to work on. Yes, yes. And Catherine, did putting your personal thoughts, feelings, and stories down on paper change the way you approach your day-to-day life? Yes. You know, um, I was reading Martin Amos, and he said, the book you are writing unfolds as you write it. And what I found writing this book was um, the way the year changed me, this very challenging year that I had unfolded for me as I wrote it, if that makes sense. And I saw as I wrote it, how changed I was from the time that I experienced it. Um, and I, I think one of the things was that I tended to be the CEO of my life, you know, managing everything. And I'm not too hard on myself about that because I think for all of us and women in particular, um, you know, you've got your career, you've got your home, you've got your parents, you've got your family, you've got so much to juggle and you you end up managing life um, and and what I try to do now, and I think the way the year changed, because there was literally too much to manage. I couldn't keep doing it. I, and it kind of beat me down. And so now, back to what you just said about being present, I try to be more of a curious bystander as opposed to a manager. That's a great uh, way to look at things. And writing this book at age 60, if you could go back to a younger Catherine, you know, a 20-year-old Catherine or a 30-year-old Catherine, what advice do you think you would go back and give her? Oh, that's a good question. I'd say, I think I'd say, write, write, Catherine, start writing now. Um, And I'll broaden that out to say, um, do the thing that you want to do. Don't be afraid. Do if 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 it's to run something, if it's to build a website, if it's to paint, uh, you know, accomplish some physical feat. 
do the thing. There's probably the your your mind and heart are telling you to do it for a good reason, probably. So so don't be afraid. I'd, I'd say that to myself for sure, and I'd probably also say um, to be a little less glib, to not be racing for the punchline, um, but to uh, take myself a little more seriously. Probably, if I had, that would have tied into you know writing, but I didn't. I didn't know if I had the skill to do it. So, yeah, a little less glib. Have have a few more serious conversations with myself about what I was doing and why. A bit less headlong. Yes, I definitely think more of those one-on-one conversations with yourself. So important. And Catherine, I was wondering if maybe you could share with us how you managed to keep your work life and your home life balanced because in the book, it felt like they were two very separate things. Um, I think uh, it's possible that my work life did intrude on my personal life more than more than uh, showed up in the book um, but uh, because both my parents died because my divorce came through because my house was falling apart because the new romance ended so badly um, uh, they, it, yeah yeah you're right now that I'm saying this it kind of had to take a back seat it, I, you couldn't prioritize everything so so work had to take a back seat and and, and that's what it did. Not that it's not important. You know, as I say in the book, I think we spend a, a, about two-thirds of our life working, so I, I don't think it deserves a back seat, but I think sometimes it has to take one. But that's just, and I think a lot of us have learned that during the pandemic is what's really important to us. You know, now that many of us can work remotely, we're spending more time at home with our families. You realize that, you know, in the book you mentioned, you're just so caught up in working, working, working that you have to sometimes look at what's important. What have you kind of learned about yourself, if anything, during this this last year going through the pandemic? Well, a couple of things. One is, uh, you know, I just finished rereading Pride and Prejudice and... um, um, in Jane Austen books, of course, uh, a, a trip uh, to the next village uh, 10 miles away is an epic adventure. And um, uh, like a lot of us, I was so used to before COVID, just at the drop of a hat, going anywhere, you know, for work, hopping on a plane or, or for pleasure or driving three miles to get to a cottage or, or, or just admit nothing uh, to, to constantly be on the move. Um, now those things seem absolutely precious to me, and uh, the pleasures that I seek are quite small. You know, it really is being able to go to a lake at some point in the future and, and sitting with friends and going for a swim together or having, you know, three or four or six people over for dinner and, and, and not being afraid that we're going to kill each other. Um, so I think it's taught me to... Uh, almost like a Jane Austen character, to embrace these very small pleasures that I used to take for granted. I don't need to fly to Paris. I'd love to go to Vancouver and see my sister and my nieces. And and that's the kind of thing I aspire to now. And I think the other thing is to try not to be afraid or not to be afraid of being afraid. You know, at the beginning of COVID, it was so frightening. It was so... uh, just you know, you you didn't know if going for a walk could could uh, bring harm to you or the people around you, and and I've learned to to live with fear and and to try not to be afraid of it. 
I think that's just it. I remember that in the beginning, like you say, just seeing those Twitter numbers constantly on the rise and you just, it, you know, it, it kind of controlled me there for a while as well. But now it's mm-hmm. just learning to kind of manage and know that this is the reality and it's just the steps you take, you take for yourself and uh, just making sure you're being safe. And that's kind of all you can do to kind of get through it, right? That's right. It goes back to that not catastrophizing, you know, just deal with what's in front of you and yeah, at the very first week of COVID, I had a dream, and I know dreams are deadly dull to talk about, so I'm just giving you the Coles notes. And all it was was a giant footprint was carved in my dining room floor. And I thought, oh, my God, like for a week, I thought, well, that's it. The footprint's in my house. Like, I'm in grave danger here. And um, I, I talked to somebody about it, and they said, well, welcome it in. Welcome it in. You would have to tell you. That's, you know, that's that's what we can learn right now. So. So I've done that, and it's, it's interesting. Sometimes that's just what you have to do. Thanks again for chatting with us, Catherine. One of the takeaways for me, I was telling Deb and Adnes, was I reached out to a friend on Instagram after reading about how you and Meryl connected after so long, and I'm hoping we can connect after years and years of a disconnect. Oh, I hope you do. I hope you do. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's, it's, it's terrific to talk to you, and I really appreciate it. Thank you again, Catherine, for joining us. And thank you to you for listening. Thank you for kicking back and relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on Relaxing Reads.